0: Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at the final episode of StarCops Little Green Men and Other uh, Martians. Yes, Little Green Men and Other Martians. On Mars, a survey team finds something extraordinary. Soon, Investigative reporter Daniel Larwood arrives on the moon. He and Kenzie know each other. She was his former journalism student, but she has become disenchanted with him. On a shuttle, two pilots are taking a picture of a Martian. There's something up on the moon. Alexei wants spring to put the boot on Larwood. An important curator, Dr. Philpot, for the Holy Museum, is coming to meet with Alexei. And it's all top secret. Not too top secret, though, as there are rumors that life has been found on Mars. Alexei must go to Earth to make a report. A custom officer alerts Colin to a strange find, a figurine that was hidden amongst surveying charges on the outgoing freighter to Mars. Later, a pilot is killed when her shuttle crashes. Kenzie and Anna Shun find drugs amongst her personal effects in the wreckage. It's also discovered that, although she was a legit qualified pilot, there is no record of her arriving on the moon. Larwood goes to meet someone clandestinely, but when he does, the man has been murdered, dying in his arms. He too was a qualified pilot that was not recorded as arriving on the moon. Spring has a chat with traffic control. Things are going nuts there. There's an approaching window for Mars launches and things are really hectic. In fact, Spring knows all this too well, as he will be on board an outbound flight to Mars in his efforts to bring the Star Cops further into the frontier. Traffic control was allowing the pilots to fly because they were freelance and had legit credentials. They didn't bother to check if, say, they were on the moon legally, because why would they? When Kenzie sees Colin's artifact, she identifies it as probably a genuine Mayan sculpture, rare and worth a fortune, although why someone wants to smuggle it to Mars is a curiosity. Colin has been following up on the drug case. Customs doesn't bother to check outgoing parcels heading to Earth because why would they? Colin has figured out that someone is making designer drugs on the moon and sending them back to Earth. He finds them, and while bringing them back in, applies a bit of pressure until they crack and confess. But they had nothing to do with the deaths of the two pilots. All the while, someone on the moon is searching the quarters of the dead pilots, the fight controller, and Larwood. They're looking for something small. Ms. Caxton, reporter, has arrived to interview Dr. Philpot. It's time to let the cat out of the bag. A Martian was found and is being brought back to the moon than to Earth. The Holy Museum has absolute unconditional rights to it, and they will not let it be seen by the public for two years. During that time, it will be analyzed by scientists under the strictest of media blackouts. It's a bit strange why they won't release pictures, though. There was a rumor that someone was trying to sell pictures of it. Spring puts Kenzie on watching the case with the smuggled artifact, which they put back in order to capture the culprit. She is taken unawares and knocked unconscious. Later, the artifact is packed with explosives. It is on the same freighter Spring will be taking to Mars. Spring leaves, and shortly after takeoff, the freighter explodes, killing all on board. The Star Cops are devastated, especially Kenzie, who decides to solve that case. She goes to Alexei, who has recently returned to the moon, and when she tells him about the two pilots being dead, he reveals the secret to her. The pilots arrived unannounced on a Mars freighter that carried the Martian. It was landed somewhere on the surface of the moon. This was to avoid the media circus that would happen when the expected freighter arrived. He drives her out to the freighter, parked on the surface, which explodes as they arrive. Someone is cleaning up the evidence. But what is the crime? That night, someone breaks into StarCop's HQ and searches for something. Kenzie surprises him in the act, and then so does Larwood. And Spring, who isn't dead after all. The villain is Philpot, and he's willing to blow up that section of the base to avoid capture. A struggle ensues. He is overpowered, and the bomb defused. Larwood had gotten wind of a connection between Philpot and the surveyor that discovered the Martian artifact on Mars. The Holdy spent a ludicrous amount of money to get it, and Philpot engineered it so that there would be a complete ban on anyone seeing it until he was rich and long gone. The pilots on the freighter decided they could get a bit of money by taking a picture of the artifact and selling it to the press. For this, Philpot killed them. The artifact was a genuine Mayan figurine similar to the one that Colin discovered being smuggled to Mars. It had been planted and found by the surveyor on Mars. They knew the ancient astronauts' angle would play big, since many people believed the Mayans were influenced by ancient astronauts. A genuine Mayan figurine found on Mars would be irresistible. Spring, as he was boarding the shuttle, got an idea of what was happening and didn't board. Instead, he waited after dark to see if the culprit would try to burgle their headquarters to find the picture it was there hidden on an ID card for one of the dead pilots the end so we've come to the end of of Star Cops and I think you got your wish David Thoreau was not in this episode at all
1: yeah actually didn't help the episode very much unfortunately Uh. so my apologies (laughs) to the actor who played David Thoreau Uh. (sighs) didn't like this no no sorry (laughs) Nope. Oh, uh did I like it? Uh yeah, it was it was all right. It was a little uh gun smoking in the beginning, you know, where uh uh Matt Dillon goes and, and confronts the uh the new guy in town and tells him, you know, everything will be fine as long as you obey the law. Cuz bad things and could you.
0: bad things could happen if you don't. <clears throat> People die on the moon. Exactly. People die on the moon. Yeah, I actually I <sighs> I I enjoyed the episode. Um last week I had real problems with the 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 episode. Mhm. This week it, well, okay, last week I had problems with it. The week before I was beginning to think the show had hit its stride. <laughs> you know, and then and they stumbled, but here they're kind of back on the the stride. I guess is the is the right phrase. This one's written by Chris Boucher. mm mm-hmm. Mhm the the creator and script editor and yeah um you know I think clearly he's helped. got he's got his own thoughts about what's going on um i i i would hate to be such a cynical man and and, and people anybody who knows me would would laugh at that oh yeah comment. i'm, I'm um, trying not to <laughs> but you know yeah Of course, the first contact we'll have with Mars will be a scam or with life in space will be a scam. Because, of course, it will.
1: Well, yeah, especially on, uh, you know, the moon base. And and if the star cops are around,
0: it's going to be a scam. I mean, yes, I know this is a cop show and therefore it's about crime. It's a crime show. You know, it's like you go into an episode of Columbo and you kind of go... Eh, I wasn't expecting it to be a murder. Yes, you do. You're always <laughs> yeah, expecting it to be a murder, exactly. right? This Yep. This has to be a crime. It has to be multiple crimes. And I think it's it is interesting again that they are trying to take what man has been doing forever? Mhm. Conning people, yep, manufacturing drugs, um, you know, smuggling, all those things. And apply them, you know, just equally. Well, new frontiers, new opportunities for crime, new angles Mm -hmm. on crime. Uh,
1: All of it could be happening in an undersea base as
0: well. Or underground base, for that matter. Right, right. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's not uh, standard here is the Martian angle. And honestly, I, I would believe that someone might even... Be able to pull that off on Earth, maybe. You know, it, it would be harder. Obviously, it's a lot easier when you can actually find the thing on Mars and go. Well, uh, you know, we are on Mars. I found this Mayan statue on Mars. There was a guy witnessed me find it on Mars. Um, that makes it a little bit easier sell, but still, it, it you know, people are. You can find a way to dupe people
1: yeah for a while until they really really look at the artifact but yeah maybe well
0: but it's real that's the whole point i mean you know it was one thing if it was supposed to be a martian statue right i mean that was right that yeah i know 100 percent clear till supposed... the very end yeah they weren't even trying to pass it off as martian right right Right. They were just trying to pass it off as Martians picked this up on Earth and took it back to Mars because they wanted something for their bookshelves. Right. Um, Exactly. You know, so it comes in from Mars. Experts take possession of it. They start checking it. It's like this is absolutely authentically a Mayan piece. In fact, here's the catalog number where it was in the Holdy Museum. Exactly. Oops. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, Exactly. No, I think they would
0: they would be rumbled
1: as soon as they started to really look at the uh, the artifact and realize that it doesn't have enough Mars in it yet. You know, maybe well, they've actually been that. sitting in hard vacuum for a million years. Or not, what did I say, million? Two a million years? A couple thousand yeah. years. Yeah,
0: but no. But Anyways. But of course, that doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because will be long gone by then. Right. Right? It just needs to hold up to enough scrutiny that till the checks clear. And the passports get altered. Right. You know, the the scientific teams, the holy gets it, the holy will do uh, you know, the first thing they're gonna do is they're gonna take pictures, they're gonna they're gonna do all their measurements and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff before they start sending it out for scientific analysis. And by then oh, right. Phil Who knows? On. maybe they'll have a,
1: a slight accident that uh, contaminates it with uh earth material. So Harder scrutiny makes it impossible to actually determine where it came from or how long
0: it's been on Mars. Yeah, right. Who knows? The one thing that messes that up for me mm-hmm. is the second statue. Right. Because if he was trying to do a cut and run... Uh-huh. That would take a little bit longer. Finding why, the why second two? statue. Yeah, because... Yeah. You know, that's going to be at least, well, years, right? Spring's going to be on mars for two years Mm -hmm. and with the windows as such so they're going to take that freighter out they're going to plant it they're going to find it they're going to have to you know hopefully not find it the day after the freighter arrives oh look another one (laughs) yeah exactly oh boy so there was that but obviously they needed to do that to get the identification that there's mayan artifacts traveling through right i felt like it was a little bit it 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 doesn't stand up to scrutiny whereas kind of the rest of it sort of does right i mean you've got you've got the pilots the mm-hmm. freelance pilots who we establish are willing to do shady stuff oh yeah yeah cuz they're going to do drug running i'm sure she knows they're doing drug running so if they were they were the legitimately hired pilots to bring the freighter in I could totally see them thinking I could make a few bucks on this by taking some pictures and selling them.
1: Right, right. And unfortunately, they got found out because
0: they talked to the wrong guy—the guy, guy who's behind it all. Oops. Yep. Oops. <laughs> start start with a holy. Would you like us to to not publish these pictures that you've said you don't want to? I I feel like that's probably that never goes well. No. Right for criminals. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, don't don't go to the people you're trying to who are trying to suppress the information. Go go somewhere else. Just go straight to the news and say, "Look, I got pictures of it. I'm the pilot on the freighter. Send me a check. I'll send you the file." Yeah, exactly. Don't muck around with it. And, and you know they were probably also trying to to get it bid up. And oh well, they're gonna offer me uh, this much, and eh, it's like it's a mistake. That's the mistake you make. Mm-hmm. You get greedy, you got a oh, good yeah. idea, and then yeah, then you get greedy. I also thought was it necessary to have the drug case uh which appeared to be almost completely unrelated.
1: Yeah. Except
0: for the fact that, that at one point we get the line, how many cases do we have going on here? Right. Which Fair enough, you'd think there would be more than one case. There are crimes going on. and, and mm-hmm. So you don't know which ones are connected. But, of course, conservation of, conservation of plot detail law says that they must all be related somehow. Yeah, exactly. Or they, or they wouldn't waste the time on them. But well,
1: in this but, case, you, they probably shouldn't have wasted the time on it. As with other episodes, too many extra things going on seems to have taken away from the... Uh, the actual
0: story going and nothing nothing seems to come from the fact all right look the divas figures it out okay mm-hmm. fair enough he's actually a better cop than he wants people to know oh yeah he figures it out he tracks the guys down that are making the designer drugs and he captures them mm-hmm. he takes uh anna shun out and other some shuttle. other guy
1: we've never met before
0: was he a cop? I guess he was. I don't. I
1: yeah, deputized. Who knows? He was holding a Sorry, gun on the guy. He, that's in right. In the they back had, seat.
0: He said they had two two guys, and there were three in the shuttle, and Anna was in the other one bringing evidence back. Yep. Okay. You know, there is none of that detective work. There is none of that. Nothing. Right. Yeah. It's just suddenly he's driving in, and I caught the guys. It's just grafted on like so many other things in this series have been. And and. Again, I mean, it's it's an unnecessary detail. I mean, doing the detective work was unnecessary. Devis is a cop. He does cop things. It's kind of like that scene in every cop show where they're taking a witness in or they're taking a, a suspect in and they're bringing him in to make a statement. And, you know, there's, there's the booking desk where oh, yeah. cops are bringing people in. It's like they're doing their job. They're catching the bad guys. That's kind of what Davis is doing here. And it would right. be fine, but what the part that's grafted on that doesn't work for me is the bit about threatening to kill them. Yeah, there's a lot of time on that.
1: Yeah, that was almost like it was filler. It's like, what are they trying to good cop, bad cop type thing? Well, actually both bad cops in this case. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Spring understands that uh, Davis has his methods. And yeah. uh, and he went along with him exactly, and it worked really well for him.
0: Apparently, I think. But I, yeah, it long a lot of time spent on that. I I'm think. Not sure why. Spring obviously knows Tevis wouldn't do it. Oh yeah, definitely. He's bluffing, and and I and I think that's what we're supposed to believe too. But the guys don't know that. The oh, exactly. Don't exactly.
1: It's just a way for Colin to get him to talk.
0: Yeah, and apparently it was quite effective. I would talk. Yes, I mean they didn't have any. <laughs> they didn't have any uh, chance. I mean they got the evidence. They caught him red-handed. I mean they're going down, right? So you know they're, they're given a position. It's like, what? Did you, why'd you murder these people? It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Drugs, yeah. Murder, no. Exactly. You know, I, I can. I can totally understand it. But so that's maybe intended to give us some idea of how the frontier justice works, because it's certainly extrajudicial hmm or maybe in nineteen late 1980s uh Britain that was still okay um I don't know I don't know that's about ashes to ashes uh time frame, so I think they were still beating them with rubber hoses I'm not sure <laughs> um but um <laughs> the part that really in addition to that not really having any bearing, then there is the part that should have had a bearing and didn't. Which is Miss Caxton walking in on the head of the Star Cops yeah. condoning murder? Yeah, and and even and she even knew that he wasn't really condoning murder; he was condoning psychological torture. Right. She knew it. She called him on it. She pointed out, you know, about freedoms and uh, and and rights, and he just basically stonewalled her. Yeah yeah you know, shut her down that's it's like and a- really? because because she's a a major news reporter. <laughs> yeah right you, you, that that strikes me as one you need to do some damage control on, but he did not at all. He just basically plowed on. It's like, yeah, well, that's maybe what we're doing
1: his way of uh, asserting his dominance on the base to her to make sure that she doesn't think that she's you know bigger than anybody who's there and can just do whatever she wants.
0: I don't know. That was, that was uh, a little weird. Okay. Let's see. What else have we got? Uh, spring's going to Mars. Yep. Apparently it's going to go there
1: for a couple of years, which makes sense. I'm still kind of curious as to how the, uh, the pilots got from Mars to the moon quickly. Uh, time is very sketchy in this whole series how long it takes to do things cuz you know 6 months is probably the fastest you can get there unless they have a really really good uh propulsion system
0: i think what they were trying to to say and i don't know how this would work okay so i mean maybe somebody who can do orbital dynamics <laughs> can can chip in on this one but i believe that basically there was a window for launch yes from mars to earth not not talking about the current mars earth to mars window and and that's another one those would not be the same right i mean you would not arrive if you left mars at a window to earth you would not necessarily arrive well, at yeah. earth at the window to mars yeah if the trip takes the same
1: length of time sure would th- you well actually well, no you're be different, different orbital different dynamics due to, yeah uh, having to get up the gravity well as opposed to go down it.
0: So it's a bit of a coincidence that... Hollerman transfer, I think that's what they are. That the uh, Mars freighter is due to arrive about the time the window arrives. I think, but I honestly don't know. I'm willing to take somebody's uh, informed opinion on that one, but it seems to me like just it wouldn't necessarily work that way i would guess that the windows are different and that they would not co- correspond with arriving at the same time but on top of that how critical are those windows
1: depends how much propellant you've got and how because much Delta v your engine
0: has if you left and how long are the windows <laughs> it's like any idea um uh, i don't i don't know I mean, are we talking a matter of hours? Are we talking a matter of days? Probably days. Probably days. So if you left 30 days before a window, would that add more than 30 days flight time? Hmm. I'm not sure. Because what I understood from this episode was that they left uh, an unscheduled freighter left Mars before the launch window that is bringing the other freighter. Right. Or it maybe they to... just launched the other freighter um after the launch window. Uh, you know, because be. this it's got a freaking Martian on it. I think we can run a special shuttle on this.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you keep the mass low and you burn hard, you should be able to get there a lot faster.
0: So if if the if the fake shuttle left early mm-hmm. and was basically off the books, um you know, is it still possible to get there before the known shuttle leaving at presumably what is an ordinary time? I don't know. I mean, that that's another one for. Oh, can I don't you beat him how... to dodge?
1: Yeah, you probably can. Like I said, it depends on how much energy you want to expend on the whole thing. You know, if you've got you know a hundred units of of propellant that's going to get you from point A to point B, at at you know x number of of weeks or days or whatever you want to call it. Uh all you have to do is increase the amount of propellant and drop your mass and you should be get should get well, higher velocities.
0: The windows are also about well, I don't know. Would would a, would an you Earth, would change Mars, your directory
1: a little bit. It would not be as efficient
0: as would you as be the using any sort window. of planetary slingshots or anything for an Earth Mars run or a Mars Earth run? You wouldn't, would you? Um I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I mean, you know, I know we, we launch stuff out and we actually swing it around the Earth a few times to, well, to get it going Some Possibly
1: the, the sun and other planets as well, depending yeah. where they need to go. Because you need to get a certain, a certain amount of velocity.
0: But, you know, assuming that a ship has a maximum speed, let's, let's say that there's just a maximum theoretical speed that we have our capability for. Do the windows shift so much that, you know, one day adds five days? 15 days a month. <laughs> I like, don't know. Some, you'd actually have you know, to have somebody yeah. sit
1: down and, and with you know actual calculations and the formulas and actually work that
0: one out, I'm afraid. Yeah. So, but my, my understanding is simply that they launched a shuttle unscheduled early, or a freighter, and mm-hmm. with the complete and absolute uh, uh, authority of the moon and the Mars command, because Alexei knew about it. Right, that he knew that the shuttle was, that the freighter had already come in. He knew that mm-hmm. the freighter had landed. Um, I, I'm kind of curious as to whether, if that's the case, why, if they brought the thing early to avoid the media circus, why is it sitting out there on the surface? I, I'm i not sure. Why, why wouldn't they have just already brought that in and, you know, slipped it in the briefcase when he went down to the Earth conference and go, oh, here you go. You got me.
1: I don't know. Uh, I guess they have another explosion. I I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and there was a line that Kenzie said about, I think it was Kenzie said, when they blew up that shuttle on the surface. Mm-hmm. Did you get the impression there were people on it? Mm, no, I didn't. Okay. Because I thought she said that they killed everybody aboard that, uh, aboard it. Uh, sure. She was anyway. talking
1: about the uh, one that Springer was supposed to be on?
0: Maybe. We'd just seen that explosion, and then, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and also, so Spring gets his little idea, apparently, mm-hmm. as, as is always Spring does, and he doesn't yes. tell anybody. He gets his little idea that the guy might try to break into the headquarters if he thinks he's off going to Mars. So he decides not to go so that he can carry a stakeout you think he had no inkling that he was going to blow up the freighter? Um, uh, cause if he did, then he is sort of culpable see. for not warning them to get everybody off the freighter.
1: Yeah. Let's see. had other things exploded by then. Hmm. Well, there have been plenty of murder mayhem Murders. already. So no, yeah. that was
0: the first explosion. No, well, the shuttle,
1: he, he might not have, he might not have, uh, considered that he would actually be stupid enough to pull up a, uh, uh,
0: a a ship like that you know and here's the thing kenzie said it space is dangerous yes people die out here we just die out here and and it's senseless but it happens and you do wonder how that affects criminal investigations i mean if if you're expecting things to happen and kill people accidents kill people here all the time are you less inclined to investigate them it mean, goes back to the goes back to the backpacks in the very first yeah. episode.
1: Let's so say faulty backpacks. Uh,
0: which got boy. a shout out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I would like to say no. It wouldn't have any bearing on it cuz you're going to you, you want to find out if it is mechanical failure or if it's negligence or if
0: it's uh you know, villainous. Another thing that in this episode, um are we are we getting I don't know if we got it in the last episode. I, I may have almost mentioned it in the last episode, but I didn't. Are, are we getting a bit of grudging respect here from Kenzie to, to Spring?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely uh, warming up to one another, I guess you could say.
0: And yet she's still pissed off about the way he conducts himself.
1: Well, yeah, I think so. That's going to happen.
0: <laughs> because that that is still seems to be throughout the episode what drives her. It was what was driving her last time. It's what driving is like spring never tells us anything. Mm. He, he does it. Is that because that genuinely bugs her? And I'm not saying it doesn't, but in other words, that is the thing that genuinely bugs her. Or is there something more to it than sh- that she feels like she's put in the effort to redeem herself and and not be the the crook that she was that that she's actually legitimately working at being a genuine star cop and she feels that spring does not treat her like one despite the fact that he does that to everyone but yeah I think that's what she's not realizing that that's just that, how he operates that could be associated with the fact that she's coming to respect him mm-hmm Right, kind of like, kind of like we get this little bit with her and the and the reporter, Larwood. Obviously, she once respected him right. and followed around, and then he disillusioned her and and uh, that crack about the anarchists. I I have no idea what the heck was going on there. No, but she's just probably a a member of some political group or something
1: like that back when she was in college, and and he wrote a, an expose on them and didn't come out in a very good light, and she didn't like it. That's probably why she didn't like him very much. And yet she was
0: working for him or she was studying with it. I I don't know. It was, it was kind of, yeah, well, it was kind of a weird thing anyway, but yeah. So I, I, I'm thinking that part of it is just simply that she doesn't, she's not feeling the reciprocality of it with him.
1: Yeah. I, I think if, if she were to step back and look, she'd realize that, yeah, he is respecting her, giving her more, uh, you know, harder tasks to do and expecting more from her and, and she's delivering. But, you know, the way the character is, is uh, written, she's got that chip on her shoulder that she's always going to be kind of on the fight and uh, probably needs somebody to actually to sit down and say, yes, I respect you, you know, right to her face. That's my guess anyways.
0: Yeah, needy. She should see a psychiatrist about that. Oh, yeah. Good idea. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, Alexi yeah, could probably
1: go. find a, a, just a bang-up one for her to go see.
0: <laughs> Ask Colin. Yeah. She, he probably knows one.
1: Exactly. Oh, by the way, the, uh, the window between Earth and Mars is 780 days. That's how long the optimal period of time is? Yeah, between the, the nodes uh, of uh, the orbits. Uh, that's, that's when both planetary bodies are closest together.
0: That's a hell of a window.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, the window is probably uh, maybe a few days, maybe a week, but it only occurs every 780 days. Oh, 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 you oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yes. Got it. The yeah, frequency that's why the, he said he's, he's going to be there for you know, two years, but that just wasn't an off the cuff uh, remark. He's literally going to be on the next shuttle back to earth <laughs> unless they want to use an obscenely large amount of propellant to get him home which is I don't know possible I guess they did it with the artifact but yeah huh all right yep. yeah so uh, Mr. Philpot or Dr. Philpot or whatever the hell his name was Philpot had been cooking this one up for a few years and yeah. uh and was it was you know definitely uh upset when things did not go the way he wanted them to, <laughs> and well, thus yeah, all think, the explosions.
0: <laughs> I could see how that would, would upset you. I mean, assuming, you know, that the authors of this show knew that the window was 734 days long.
1: Yeah, that was solved quite a long time ago, apparently. So That doesn't yeah. mean that the writers knew anything about it. Though. Well, it, they did say two years, so,
0: and they did mention the other windows, so yeah, they they probably knew about it. Maybe. They could have just... I'm not saying that physicists didn't know about it, but I just don't know whether or not these people would waste their time, uh, because it's not two years, because it's going to take him what, nine months to get there? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be nine months, and then two years. Well, let's see, assuming 730 days, so... Another yeah, it would be three years basically yeah it would it would content. have to be three years, but anyway it's 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 gonna be a while it's gonna be a long while, and yep. uh it won't be easy no no oh. no, it won't be easy no it won't be um <laughs> I won't have to hear that anymore how nice I did notice bad music in this oh episode. yeah oh yeah. when they were when they were in that scene where Kenzie was about to get everything dropped on her, they went into a sort of classic sort of tension noise. Yes. And then suddenly they just started playing it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) something. It's just like, okay. It's like he found the button for the tension chord and then he decided to hit the pitch wheel or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the the
1: the music that played when they were actually seeing the uh, the the projection of the artifact, uh, that was weird. It's like okay, it's supposed to be like inspirational or you know revealing music, and but it just didn't work.
0: Yeah.
1: And also the the audio mix of whenever Spring was in the shuttle, uh, or actually whenever there was a crowd around, uh, you know, especially with the he's talking to the uh, the uh, the shuttle dispatcher or the. Manager, whatever you call it. Mm, oh yeah, and both of them were clearly yelling, but unfortunately, they had to yell because everybody was just being loud, normal voices talking around them in a small room. I know. I, I had never heard so many people say rhubarb in my entire life. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It was just <laughs> really annoying. And same thing with the, which uh, was the the latter part where they're they're in the uh, the common area and the the news article is playing, and uh, it, same thing. You're trying to hear. Uh, uh, Pal and, and uh, Spring talk, and it's just it, they're garbled almost. Sometimes realism is not what you want on television. Exactly, exactly. It's like okay, you know, when they shoot these, oftentimes they'll have the the people in the background just mime talking. I know it's a strange concept for people, but they actually just move their mouths, but no sound comes out. Yeah, so they can they lay get, that down later, right? So they can get get uh, get good uh, good good audio from the stars. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll.
0: I'll, Yeah, Graham Harper, I believe, was the director of this. Graham Harper's done a lot of um, Doctor Who and other shows. Mm -hmm. He seems to be a competent director. I kind of wonder if the again, uh, I'll I'll start with it's ill-advised, and I'm not specifically blaming him. It's in this episode I'll blame him, but you know it may be directed from on above. They are giving, it's annoying, right? I mean, when you watch that and, and you have to strain to figure out what they're saying. Yes. And it's annoying. Very. Right? Which is what living on the moon probably is like. Mm, so still. it's possible that they're doing it on purpose, but, mm-hmm. but it's... It's a bad way to, to hurt the story you're trying
1: to tell, if you ask me.
0: Well, that's, that's always, you know, that's always the risk when you try to break, again, assuming that's what they were doing, right? I'm, I am taking a, uh, that's the risk you run when you try to do something, let's say artsy, and not mm. in with the standard conventions of the way television programs are shot and recorded. And you may have, you know, you may have a reason for doing it. And maybe you thought it was fantastic at the time or that it would achieve something. And it just doesn't quite work. And I think that might be what this is. Yeah, uh, I it, suppose. I mean, obviously, they were they were definitely intending in the control room. There's no doubt that was intentional. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, it's a madhouse in here. And they <laughs> want it to be known. This is a madhouse. And, you know uh they they could have it's less it's less true in the uh cafeteria because Mm -hmm. they're not trying to convey anything about the feel of the the scene there they're just that's just people sitting around talking in a cafeteria and that that kind of kind of kills that theory
1: unfortunately i just think it's it's a sloppy production but
0: could be it could be um I mean, you you've been you've been overseas, yeah. I uh, you've been to Asia. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you know what it sounds like in a restaurant in Asia. Oh yeah, cacophony. That's a good way of of. That's that's a that's a thing. I mean, I, that, yeah. I, I I go to Taiwan periodically, and people are really loud in restaurants. Really it's, loud. But what
1: it, are it, you it, trying to trying to do here? Are you trying to Tell the story that you've been telling for the entire sh- episode, or are you all of a sudden trying to
0: tell the viewers what it's like to live in a, a different place? But I think they've been doing that all along because we've had comments yeah. about the way they mix the sound in this show, that it can be confusing and that it it's... Like, in the first episode, I feel like it was intended to be confusing. The problem is it left me confused. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, well, you were trying to confuse me and you succeeded. And but that does track for my enjoyment of the story. Right. But at the same time, you might have been trying to do that and you misjudged what the result would be. And right. and I, I don't know. It just uh, – I'll, I'll – I I find it hard to believe that unless there were just incredible production constraints, that that the frankly a team of experienced BBC studio uh, technicians technicians <laughs> would screw up unless they intended to. I,
1: my other thought is that the copies of the episode we are watching, they might not have had the right audio mix on them. They they might have been uh, multi-tracked that were supposed to be mixed down to a different audio level for the backgrounds. And in the case of the videos we saw, they were just all played at the same level.
0: That's possible.
1: I, I kind of get that feeling. Because it, it would also jive with a lot of the incidental music just being loud. I mean, it's not incidental anymore. Now it's just something that you got to be you know, running away from. It's possible. It's possible.
0: I mean, I, like I said, I enjoyed it, but there's not a lot to it there's a lot of stumbling around people dying Yep. i think well when did you know who the villain was oh let's
1: see as soon as philpot walked in the room because just he looked like a villain from the 80s he did
0: he did sort of have that um uh who's the look of the bad guy in aliens um oh uh the the company man yeah uh, was it Paul Reiser. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yes. Wow. Did have that, but that's the haircut. Yeah. You know? And those big yellow aviator
1: glasses don't help very much. I don't know why. I just-
0: don't know if I uh, had had pegged him as the crook at that moment. I mean, i I was gonna say when I watched the episode, I pegged him as the crook the moment the reporter mentioned the weirdness of the lockdown on the artifact. Once once I realized that mm. the reporter actually yeah. knows all about this already I and mean, she's <laughs> yeah. telling Philpot about it. So obviously she's been briefed presumably by the Holdy and so now we're just going to do the formality of the interview and get this out there for the world and you know it's like the one little bit of reporter instinct in her is like it's kind of weird, isn't it? And you're yeah. like
1: ah it's like she's she's fishing for something and yeah. she got a hit, but she's not going to go after it right now.
0: And I'm then hoping. boom, it's him. And, and at that point, and then at that moment you go, I should have known by the hair. <laughs> yeah. <in> the <laughs> suit. Ooh. Right. But to be fair, when he walked in, I'm like, wow, fashion has not, uh, guess not gone uphill since no. the eighties in this universe. Um, no, no, but, um, what about the name of the museum? Holdy? The Holdy. We'll hold on to your stuff for you. Oh, I didn't think about that. I thought it was an odd name. Yeah, I, okay. I did think it was an odd name, and it's like, what A do very... museums do? Oh, they hold things. I got yes. it, like the Elgin marbles and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Keep it safe. Exactly. The <laughs>
1: British Museum does that very well. Been doing it for hundreds of years. No I know. reason to stop now. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate the fact that they've done
0: it. <laughs> it's like, can I. I well, they so are much forward. easier to see. <laughs> I am so looking forward to go seeing that stuff someday when I get the chance. Oh, uh, yeah, If you ever me get too. out of uh, quarantine. <laughs> oh, yeah. For real. Yeah. I mean, legitimately out of quarantine, not politically out of quarantine. Uh, <clears throat> maybe for a long time. Who knows?
1: Maybe when maybe in the far the next future. next Mars window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When people in the far future are listening to this as some sort of a classroom uh, project, they'll... Uh,
0: there won't be in a classroom. They'll still be locked in their yeah, homes in exactly. Zoom meeting. They'll be saying, well, I
1: guess that never worked out for them, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you used to have classrooms. I remember that. That was uh, when I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily, I know this one's going to go out sometime in 2020. So we should, oh, yeah, be, there we go. We should be all right. I think uh, yeah. it's about uh, nine times three. Well, maybe not. Oh. Well. <laughs> like, Maybe not twenty-seven weeks. Yeah, no, I think we might make it. Yeah, might yeah, um,
1: start type it, tightening up your release schedule there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, got anything else on on this episode?
1: Now uh, yeah, I'll, I'll overlook the uh, the stereotypical uh, raincoat on the reporter.
0: <laughs> well, okay, but Spring made a mention of it. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. He took a dig so at him. Was, yeah, exactly. He he was the the reporter was definitely doing his damnedest to give the impression of being a hard drinking yeah. gumshoe style well the drinking was right <laughs> but the hip flask of course was for the effect yes. and oops yeah yeah, yeah that that was that was interesting. It's like yeah, I'm ex- you you expect me as a reporter to have a hip flask, so I am going to have that, even though it's filled with water, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna wear the raincoat, and I'm surprised he didn't have a hat. But a oh, good point. Yeah, hat would have been icing the cake, as it were. It would have. And of course, you know, for a long time, I think he was also being set up as a red herring, as possibly involved in this. Uh I never got that. But yeah, I can see how, how uh how that could possibly be particularly when the woman came there. up to him and said, Oh, are you Larwin? You're such a famous reporter. Oh, yeah, can I have and your then, autograph and he writes her a
1: code. Actually, uh she looked over to him earlier and then she started writing stuff. And she may have handed and him then, something, yeah. And handed him the notepad with the rendezvous information on it. Hmm. And then he simply, he said, oh, into my, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he signed his name. And that's the only thing that he wrote on there is his name. Ah, so might have, I didn't might want to look back, but yeah, I think that's how that worked.
0: I think that was his contact. Oh, I know it was his contact. I just didn't, I just didn't. Um... Although was that before or after the pilot had been killed? Uh, that was before. Okay. So then she's the female pilot. Uh, Possibly yeah she must have been the female pilot then and then she went off on this other mission and yeah that makes sense got blown up yeah because you know darn good and well that those two wouldn't have let anybody else in on it true it wouldn't make any sense right so so yeah yeah that's um that's about it for this episode as far as i can tell yeah um so we've come to the end of another series Mm mm-hmm star cops overall thoughts
1: uh, if you have a chance to watch it, I would suggest doing it. It's uh, it's it's worth your time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like it was a worthy effort, and it was a little different. Yes, it was very uneven. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, not just the technical issues, but but stylistically, it 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 was very uneven. Um, I would have liked to have seen a second year go on. And to give them the opportunity to flesh it out. I understand that there was supposed to be a 10th episode. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That just didn't get made. Yeah. And if they had gone on, they were going to be following through with this line of trying to move the Star Cops out into the final frontier. And I kind of wonder if that meant they would have more than one team. You know, because uh, apparently... It takes so long to get from Earth to Mars that there is mm-hmm. no practical coordination between the two. I mean, what? I mean, light speed transmissions must take years at that rate, <laughs> right? Um, um, no, not quite.
1: <laughs> 20, 30
0: minutes. <laughs> depends, you know, it depends on whether there's a, a transmission window between the two. <laughs> well, you technically,
1: know? technically. <laughs> There is a time when you can't communicate with Mars because the sun is literally in the way. In the way. Right. But, but they you could, could fix that by that having up. some satellites. Yeah, yeah. You could blow the sun up. Yeah, you could do that. They yeah, do or that. possibly raise or lower the orbit of of Mars, the orbital inclination. Yeah.
0: Mm, could do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would probably take the problem out. Yeah.
1: Uh- <laughs> yeah. I did read that uh, uh, the uh, Big Finish folks Mm-hmm. have uh, a number of episodes they do on uh this. And I would be kind of curious to hear a couple of those.
0: I've I've been thinking about getting the first one mm-hmm. in the set, which I think has actually been out for a few years. I um, think so, yeah. But I had no reason to get it because and I'm so sorry to say this to the poor folks at Big Finish, um, because I, I heard them I heard them discussing this once on one of their podcasts that th- there is they have a real problem with attracting new viewers or listeners for new properties. Right? right? So, I mean, they're known for Doctor Who. Yeah. They are the Doctor Who people. So, uh, when they start Star Cops or Adam Adamant Lives or, or Space 1999. Right. Blake Sevens. Like seven, their market is the people who are listening to Doctor Who, right? Or at least their their captive market of the people that they're going to be able to get the word to. But then trying to expand that to the Star Cops fans who are not Doctor Who fans, or the Space Nineteen Ninety Nine fans who are not Doctor Who fans, that's a tough ask. Yeah, and, you think
1: that because they're both the same genre that there'd be a lot of crossover. And I'm sure there yeah. is. But yeah, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's people who, who watch Doctor Who religiously who've okay, never but, but, heard of Star
0: Cops. Okay. And probably but, never even heard of Blake 7. I, you know, I get uh, nobody, well, I don't want to say nobody, um, Elon Musk or uh, Jeffrey Bezos could certainly afford to pick up every big finish Doctor Who release. Oh, sure. but. But I cannot, and so you know. Not only are they competing, Star Cops, Big Finish is competing for my money mm-hmm. against the Doctor Who releases. Yeah, and up till this point, never having seen Star Cops, no interest in picking it up. Right, right. I mean, I, I, I they might have done. They might be the greatest things ever. But first off, it's like, well, I'm not going to watch that till I've actually seen Star Cops, which is not that easy to do. Exactly. Right? I mean, in, for people in the United States. So, so it's a – and it's a failed show that made nine episodes and didn't go anywhere 30 years ago. Right. And so y- you do wonder why they would pick that as as their – as a choice. and, and Yeah. I don't know. I, I I have no doubt that they probably could do great things with it because well, they got 15 I think you episodes
1: could. that they've either have out or are about to be released. So,
0: and and they do really good work, and mm-hmm. they love the. You know, obviously, it's somebody's passion project there that they must love the thing, and so they put that into it. And this is not this is not an ad for Big Finish, but as as has happened before, but it's still you know. Uh, like well, I, I don't know. I I've, I oddly enough, you know, back to our COVID nineteen pandemic lock in thing. I actually haven't listened <laughs> to a big finish since uh, it's what May now. I haven't listened to one since March. Oh wow! You know, I haven't. I did not get the time. It's not like when I was driving to pick the kids up or drop the kids off or go to yeah, the exactly. store or go out to, or, yep. or walking to lunch every day and wearing my headsets. I had plenty of time to listen, but now I'm having trouble keeping up with podcasts.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing with me in the podcasts. I, in fact, I I've only recently started listening to them again because I've figured out it, you know more ways to uh, to fit that into my
0: day. Just like, yeah, wow. I have to work it to do it right. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, and you know, damn, my exercise bike is right in front of the TV. So when I'm sitting on the exercise bike, mm-hmm. it's like I could I could watch TV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, oh,
1: YouTube. Oh. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. I've been very tempted to pick up the first Star Cops and see what it was like to see where Big Finish went with it. I know that they went out into the solar system. That that much I know is that they've expanded that out. And I believe yeah. they have Spring, Divas, and Kenzie, yes, I think those are the three actors that they have uh, yeah. that are back from from the uh, the show. So anyway, uh, yep, yeah, Star Cops. Uh, I will tell you, you can find it on YouTube if you're enterprising enough. Uh, they're not fantastic copies. Uh, I think it was released at one point in time in the UK, but it is not currently available. I
1: think uh, early '90s on VHS.
0: Oh, on VHS. Well, wow, there yeah. you go. So uh it's not the easiest thing to find if you've been following along with us because you're curious or you're uh a a longtime fan and just wanted to have somebody go through it. Um we're done. There you go. Yeah. My, uh, recommended but not without caveats. Right. It, it's it it definitely deserves its place as a failed program, but it also deserved a shot and and could have perhaps gone on to greater things yep. going into this
1: series you got to remember you're you're going to be facing a really unique theme song uh, some unique audio mixes for their incidental music and I'm using air quotes around that uh, acting which is well
0: marginal at times
1: well it, it stands on its own as uh as different <laughs> there's a lot of different things about this series but overall you know if you like space cop shows then yeah you should probably watch it
0: yeah I Mm -hmm. suppose so. (laughs) John, thank you for joining me through this journey through the Starcons. Oh, you're welcome. Listeners, I hope you will join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amberwolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next time on Fusion Patrol, join Simon and myself as we take a look at the Beasts episode during Barty's party.